You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. All right. Working through some technical difficulties. Finally got the stupid thing to do what I wanted to do. Uh, this is the next uh, McPon call to action review episodes uh, or spin the yarns, I guess. But um, the professional character development character development uh, one is the one I'm going to be going over this time around. I don't think the other one's out yet. I haven't seen it on social media or anything, but I'm sure I will when it pops and then I'll do that one. Uh, and then next week, you guys will see the first foundations one with little old me doing uh, that memory episode. I promised got the outline done finally, but um, that one I will probably be recording it today, but it'll come out next week. So I'm going to be in a class. Um, it's going to monopolize all my time. So here we go. Um, so this one's the second little memo that was released. It's about professional character development. Last one was warfighting competence. This one is, I have many of the same criticisms. I mean, not same, but like same vibe, I guess, um, of it just being like a whole bunch of like hopium. Um, it, so it starts with every sailor deserves a chief petty officer who is fully invested in their professional and character development. And I agree with that statement. However, it then goes into a paragraph of like, like we hope that everything's going to be fine. And it relies on the idea that a chief petty officer is this complete competent leader that is capable of effectively professionally and like developing professionalism and character and it's like when did you teach us that never no one ever developed me that way and there's like times along the way where i encountered good mentors and stuff but like to say that like the the mean level chief petty officer when we're looking at the the whole sample right like the right at the mean you're trying to tell me just everyday joe schmo chief has these competencies like that's patently false um so we're setting we're setting everybody up to fail really like we're setting the chiefs up to fail by saddling them with this responsibility that they're that they don't have the capability to uh administer right like they don't have they, they don't they're not even able to live up to this responsibility it's it's the analogy i've used before of like putting somebody on watch when they're not qualified it's like that's that's what you're doing like they're not qualified to do these things but you're saddling them with this responsibility having provided effectively zero preparation like I, i'm sure if i got into like a debate with mick pond or something he would start pointing at like laying the keel in the chief season and stuff and even the senior enlisted academy for some but like the senior listed academy i'd agree with like providing some of that but outside of that like come on like <laughs> not really uh again unless you luck your way into outstanding mentors there are outliers out there and if you find one of those people or even those messes where it's predominantly outliers which it, it happens um that's what i found on jimmy carter um but yeah it's like it, it's not this isn't real so it's like 
the paragraph goes into like, you know, hey, like do all these things you're not able to actually do. And then to accomplish this, here's the big here's the big plan. My goal is to ensure professional and character development is incorporated at multiple points throughout the sailor's career at the right time in the right manner. Okay, how? Like I should have named all these okay how, but I think I did that already. But like my goal, that's like I hope it works, guys. Like come on, man, like this doesn't you hope to get this done at multiple points throughout their career, right? Which okay, so let's say let's point at Enlock ELD and say this is planned at multiple points throughout a sailor's career, right? However, it's not mandatory, which means commands aren't going to do it. Because like they, there's so much you're juggling flaming chainsaws, white knuckling your way through a career while redlining 100 percent of the time. There's a reason I have so many sleep sleep issues, right? Like so many, uh, what are they called? Disorders. Uh, you, the if until it's mandatory, until it's like part of our life cycle, just like boot camp and a school, right? Like until it's mandatory it's never gonna happen like it that's it's a nice to have so the commands aren't gonna do it until somebody forces their hand um so it's, you can't use that as like see we're doing it you can't make the colorful laying the keel like life cycle timeline thing and say look at all these things we do for leadership development and education because you don't right unless you have somebody that's an outlier going out of their way to get their people into these classes when the opportunity presents itself, which it very rarely does nowadays based on manning and retention and everything else. But like if you're on shore duty uh, and there's like enough people where you can let somebody get away to go do those things, that's what you generally see. Like I, when I was at my last command on shore duty, I sent all the CSs on the staff who didn't, you know, like I was in a unique position at a flag staff where like they weren't cooking in a galley. They were just kind of existing. So I, I sent them to everything I could, like every school I could get them to, uh, including the ELD stuff. And they loved it. So it's like, does the, does the infrastructure exist? According to the homies at Inlick, yes, I talked to Toby and Steve and they said, yes, it's there. We have the capacity. We have like the infrastructure. Everything's there. It's just waiting for sailors to show up and we haven't made it mandatory. So sailors aren't going to show up. That's just how that's going to work, especially now with the just horrific hellscape of of manning and retention. So then um, I think I had some other notes. Actually, I just want to make sure I'm hitting everything say I said who the <laughs> who's actually teaching us these things and then like define it like which I don't even think they have the competency to do but I don't think they've done either so it's like you need to tell me what that means like be you can't just say it's it's like stand, standards maintaining the standards okay you got to tell me what the standards are you have to like break that down provide them in details you can't tell me to maintain the standards you need to give me a list of standards to maintain and exactly what's expected like i need to know like okay where's the bar so that i can meet it like you can't expect people to just know what you want when you say professionalism and character it's like that's not a th you define that what do you mean by that within the context of this organization within my war fighting community within my rating within the chief's mess within the wardroom whatever you gotta you gotta explain it or it means nothing um all right let's see the goal wording i already hit on uh yeah, yeah, yeah i'll hold my breath um okay so <laughs> then we get into uh starting from the moment Okay, let me read the bold part. So developing a good sailor starts with their chief. Sort of. I, I mean, I like I concur sort of. It's like chicken before the egg. It's like a, it's like a, a loop, right? 
like a like a logical just like uh what do they call it i just read this in my textbook yesterday but whatever it's you're stuck in this loop of uh i want a sailor to have a good chief but i'm not doing the things that i need to to make sure they have a good chief so then most of the time that sailor gets a substandard chief again it's they're not bad people right i feel like i need to qualify this because i don't want to uh poorly or lazily articulate this so that chiefs think i'm like bashing chiefs because i'm I'm not i'm critical of the organization's um commitment to developing you like they're they're not doing what they need to we are not doing what we need to to build this chief this ideal that they're trying to communicate and largely in my analysis failing to communicate in these documents because they're not providing enough detail and and granted like he i don't know why he decided to release a bunch of one-page memos with no detail but like the, the the reason these don't mean anything is because he didn't provide any detail like i would have been happier with a like a 25 page instruction and with enclosures where i mean he could have released these as like a starting point but like, I don't know, like the I think the priorities was a was a fine like, hey, here's what to come, what's to come. And then that would have been better, like 90 days in the office. Like he should have had that ready. It's not like he didn't know he's going to be Mick Pond. And he probably did. But like for whatever reason, I don't know. Anyway, so it starts with their chief and then it says make sure they have the right sponsor and right is bold and underlined. OK, let's talk about sponsorship. So start, starting from the day they receive orders to the command, make sure they have the right sponsor like what does that mean right which we do have an instruction for that and you can go look at it and no one follows it uh i mean i've had multiple sponsors throughout my career that were people it was like the guy i'm relieving and like so like on my last submarine my sponsor was the guy i was relieving who oh by the way checked out five days before i checked in some sponsor huh you know like and i I was a senior chief i'm a grown-up i know my way around i know how to check into a command you know i mean like i it's fine but like no one's following and like even as a career counselor on submarine two right i was a chief and i wasn't the sponsor coordinator i was the career counselor but i obviously worked very closely with the sponsorship coordinator and they just gooned it up constantly nobody ever had the training which i don't remember when that became mandatory it might not have been back then but uh the instruction has changed multiple times and i don't know what it says right now so you know maybe some of this is outdated but like you had to be like an e5 or above you had to have like i think like at least a year or two on board the command left i think it was a year or 18 months or something i don't know there was a a, an amount of time so that what i just described didn't happen to you and then you had to have sponsorship training with i think it's through fleet and family uh and like nobody ever had the training so they're just like randomly assigning people that they just thought might fit right um if you're getting a sponsor at all right or you get assigned a sponsor and then they never get a hold of you right and no one follows up and no one tracks that and it's just eh. what would be nice is if um this was and i think i have this in my notes was like like make this yeah so like make sure they have the right sponsor cool make that a primary duty for an nc not a collateral for a sailor who has ten thousand other things to do like there's a lot of things and and i'm i'm probably overly sensitive to this because submarines right like we're so small that like you just and like lcs sailors will get it like you just i mean really any small unit like sailor will get this it's like you get saddled with all these collateral duties because of the nature of the unit based on its size it's like people just have to pick up things because we don't get 
the support that we need. Like you, like you don't have all the support rates there. Um, they did this to us when I was at CSA school. It's still, it's still there. Uh, I forget the name. They changed the name of the fort, but it used to be Fort Lee. Um, and on that base, it's like they took just the A school off of TSC Great Lakes and just ripped it out and dropped it on an army base, right? And then they hired like a retired Y one. Shout out to Julius. He was, he's a good dude. But like they hired a Y one and some civilians, but that was it. Like we didn't have any corpsmen. We didn't have any like, I couldn't go talk to an, I, you have to drive two hours to the Tidewater area to like get Navy people. And it wasn't, because it wasn't a true joint base. Like the only Navy presence was us. And then there was a recruiting district uh, in the in Richmond, right? Which was like, 25 minutes away um but like we didn't have any infrastructure or support so like i had to go through all this rig like everybody had their medical records at home like that's what we were doing and so like i went through this rigmarole of getting a full-time support uh corpsman from the nosc to come help uh because sailors were doing like the army was doing overseas screening forms for the army and then the navy like it just none of it was none of it was translating we didn't have the support that we needed and that's true on a, at a lot of small units everywhere right like especially submarines and some of the other smaller you know ships and all that other stuff and it's like what's stopping us really from putting an nc2 on a destroyer or on a submarine like you know how huge that would be on a submarine like i would happily because like I have, I have this thing about uh deleting cs's off submarines not like entirely but there's a couple billets you could just get rid of if officers would just go through the fucking chow line like you could still eat in the wardroom just eat like normal people without us having to set up like tablecloths and like plates and just all this stupid stuff and having a cs dedicated to like waiting on them it's it's ridiculous it's such a waste of of manning and they're still i guarantee they're still doing it right now unless this unless the division on the ship is so undermanned that they just can't um which happens i've done i went out to do an inspection on a submarine where they had four cooks including the leading cs and it's like the dude just didn't sleep and nobody could do anything um, but they were still trying to serve the wardroom until i told them to stop uh i was just like i can free up a cs right now just go through the chow line you you know, like it's it's so ridiculous that you even have to say that and that we're even still doing things like this. Like, I understand like formal VIP events and stuff, but like even an admiral at a carrier strike group, like why? Like you're a grown. You could have somebody go get your food, I guess, and you can eat in your cabin or whatever or have a, a CS run it up to you. But like the idea of still having wardrooms function in the way that they used to, it's just like. And I think carriers, they might have like FSAs serving a buffet or what. I don't know. It's pretty big. So it's like its own Mestex essentially, which is fine. But yeah, I like on submarines, it's it's absurd. And I could delete two CS billets off of a submarine immediately. And I'll happily fill one of those with an NC2 because then the command career counselor collateral duty goes away. And that is a big collateral duty. Um, it, it like, and, and I don't know how it's changed, but I know it's. Like, I know it's changed some, but it's still super demanding. You still have to do a ton of stuff. You're tracking, like on a submarine, you're responsible for 150 people's reenlistments and seaway quotas, if that's still real, and like just SRB stuff and just all this stuff. In addition to your primary duty, it's it's nutsos. And if you explain that to like an NC whose primary duty is it is to be an NC, they their head would probably explode because they're busy people doing very important things for people's careers. And we want that. And here here's why it's so important, though, is when we're going to say things like make sure they have the right sponsor, that needs to be somebody's primary duty, not something that they 
like might get to that it's it's somebody's career and we're talking about make sure they have the right sponsor because like the first 72 hours concept which i agree is very important that movie was horrific but whatever the idea of it is very important but it's not gonna be it like everything can't be the top priority so like you have to make that the top priority for someone you can't make it to top priority for anyone when it's a collateral duty because I've got a primary duty. I've got a division of people I need to take care of. I've got a mission to do. I've got all the things I need to do to support that mission. Professional and character development. <laughs> like all the stuff that I like that's never going to be the thing I care about most. And it should be the thing that someone is prioritizing at number one. It should be the thing that someone cares about most. Give me an NC2. Like are those even real? Cause they like convert. I think they are, but like, give me an NC two. Like I, I, why, why, why don't I already have one of those? Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like we have the racks for it. Like shut up Cobb. Like we have the racks. for. It. <laughs> I'm joking a little. Um, so yeah, like it, stuff like that, it, that's never gonna, it's the same thing as the schools until you make it like mandatory or in this case, until you, until you make it mandatory in that it's somebody's primary duty it's never gonna happen man never right never and like the i know ncc's on ships that are getting after it and like doing a lot but then you got to scale that like how many junior ncs do they have like how many ncs are are assigned like like counselors not not recruiters right to an aircraft carrier I bet you it's like three or five or something for like five thousand. Well, I mean, the air wing might have their own. I don't know. I bet you it's not enough. <laughs> if I had to guess, if there's any NCs out there like listening, hit me up. I'm curious. Um, so, yeah, making sure that it's like this is another one of those like it's a pipe dream until you take meaningful action. Uh, and then it talks about like doing all the all the nice things that we're never going to do until somebody's primary duty. Um uh, let's see. Include, and then it says, uh, where does it say that? Okay, here we go. When they report uh, and during the entire onboarding and check-in process, make sure they have the necessary support to ensure a seamless transition, including their housing and pay. That's cute. Like, I And I know that's probably coming from the Reddit AMA that he did. And I, I love that there's a lot of things in these documents for all my criticism that I'm glad he's saying it, but like that doesn't change anything until you take meaningful action and you're already a year into your tenure as mcpon and you haven't actually accomplished anything towards these goals you're just now releasing these memos like okay who's gonna who's the next mcpon you know like it's not you're not gonna get it done in i I don't know i'm i'm using historical trend analysis here but like you're not i don't think you have time now uh it's just how bureaucracies move but like they uh the pay it like who's gonna do that it's this is all the same like who's gonna do it like psd what psd there's no one there there's no one working there anymore it barely exists everybody has all these horrific pay and administrative issues and like housing problems like the fuel tank stuff and the mold in the barracks and on and on it goes like just go troll reddit or any like facebook pages or the navy times or whatever and you're just gonna see that stuff over and over and over and over and over again it's like what how is the sailor with the 10 million other things to do and now you want him to be a collateral duty sponsor monitor coordinator sort of and then now you want to you're like you're just layering stuff on top of stuff on top of it's like you don't it's never gonna happen until you make it somebody's primary duty and like 
I remember uh, Wes Koshoffer when he was a fleet master, he talking about how, uh, what is it, like CNP office people? I think he was the fleet there before he retired. Uh, I'm assuming he retired. It was a while back. Um, he's talking about like how everything's going to be this app and we're developing all these computer programs and we're going to merge things and you're going to be able to do travel claims from your phone. And it's like, all right, that was like six years ago. Like, where is this stuff? And it's like, it, it's the capability exists. I mean, Jesus Christ, ChatGPT is doing people's homework. So it's like the, the capability exists. But for some reason, we just can't figure out how to like cut a check to a smart kid to develop an app that actually works or just man PSDs with civilians like Jesus. I don't until you make this stuff, somebody like you can't put this on the chief on the submarine because then what my move is, is or a chief on a ship or a chief at an operational commander or whatever. My move is to call those people or go up to my admin people who are going to laugh at me because no one's at PSD. It's like, okay, like I'm going to try but you have to make it somebody's job. And it's like, I go up to my YNs, because that's our admin, but we don't have PSs or anything on submarines. I go up to my YNs, and my YNs have a list this long because no one's answering the phone at PSD, and everything takes 5,000 years because we don't have enough people doing the thing, or, you know, or we haven't figured out a process that's streamlined where we can use an app and offload some of these tasks to like a sailor just snapping a picture of some receipts and hitting submit. But it's like, yeah, you can't just say get it done figure it out results not excuses like uh, okay well uh, i mean it's not an excuse it's a reason <laughs> like i can't get it done because i'm not god like you have to make it somebody's primary duty there has to be somebody behind the curtain that like the, the whole life cycle of the your whatever like the flow chart of the of the thing getting done it's like there's got to be people at each one of the little blocks and there's not so you can't you can't put this on chiefs you can't because that you putting it on the chief, what it what it should mean, and what it in my my like breakdown of this it does mean is they tell me like I'm the first contact. They tell me they have a pay issue, and I bring it up to the yeoman, or I send them to PSD, or I whatever tell them how to use the app that doesn't exist. But it's like I can't solve that. For, I don't even have the level of knowledge to solve that for them or the access to any of the computer programs or anything like that. So like the only thing you're putting on me really is like getting the ball rolling, except the ball can't fucking roll anywhere because like there's no one to catch it. You know what I mean? Too many analogies. All right. Um that yeah the pay one i wanted to i wanted to point out and like housing too it's just like it is it's freaking like yeah you need to hire civilians as like housing advocates or you need to just federalize it again and tell these civilian slumlords to go back to whatever the fuck they were doing before all right um yeah i already talked about that oh the command in, it, it mentions command in doc too um uh, like I forget so it says get get them to command indoctrination give them the opportunity to understand how the command does business what the f what command and doc like who does that meaningfully like I know uh, Ariana did she ran it at her command and like I don't know how good it was before she got there but she did did work I mean went to like DC to compete for like whole shore navy sailor of the year or whatever it is now i know there's more of them now so maybe it was just like intel or something i don't know but like she did work and so it's like 
like I've never seen a command indoc, let alone like a lot of times for submarines, you show up at like the squadron and they have an indoc thing. And then you get on the boat and it's just like sponsor or guy from your division walks around the submarine with a check in sheet until you're halfway done. And then they disappear. <laughs> and then you figure it out by asking randos in the POA. But like the, what is command? Like, does that happen places? Like, let me know. But I, this is another one. Like who's doing that? And like uh, the people I've seen do it are like like at the squadron level are like transient division dudes that like are on limdu or got in trouble probably or something. I don't know. But it's like not the people that should be doing it is my point. So like who I what resources are there to do that in addition to like this would be another NC thing. Like give me an NC2. Give me an NC2. Um, but again, this is another one that's like, I would love to, but I don't have five clones of myself. So no. All right. What's next? Uh, <laughs> okay. So bullet three gave me a little hope and then I brought myself back down to earth. So it says when chiefs invest in their sailors and value their well-being, it creates trust and confidence within the team. How many people have seen, heard me say that recently or in the last, it's probably, Am I in year eight? I might be in year eight. I'm old. So that line is the best thing. In all. I, and there's good like lines in these documents. I don't not agree with the sentiment. I just don't agree with how he then elaborated uh, on how like whose responsibility is what or what it means. Even though it's vague, he elaborated a little bit like you get like three sentences per bullet. Um, That's the best one because that like i feel like that should have been number 1 that should have been in the original document and been like this like when you care about your people that's what that really means investing in their well-being like when you care and they know by your actions they feel that you care based based on your actions it creates trust and confidence within that team they that builds trust they start to believe that you care about them and then they trust you and the decisions that you make when you tell them to go do something when you tell them this is how you professionally and characterly developed that's not a word um they trust you right that's the best line of the whole thing but then <laughs> he says he said however is this scalable when laid at the feet of chiefs is what i wrote and then how about uh a division lcpo on a carrier that has like 500 sailors which is typical of like cs divisions um and i'm sure many others it's being into it said it says chiefs should be intimately familiar with their sailors chief should understand their sailors goals and be able to guide them in improving their professional and personal standing blah 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 how if i'm the division lcpo of a division of 500 how am i going to be intimately familiar with all of those sailors without an nc2 see what i did there brought in the there um i can't it's not real. That's not even that would be a primary duty unto itself. And I probably still couldn't do it. Let 500 people ever heard of Dunbar's number, which I've heard is like true, maybe untrue. I don't know. But like I remember like on a submarine, I knew all 150 people by name ish. I mean, sometimes like 160. Sometimes it, it got up to like 210 on the special projects boat when we had extras with us. I'm not at liberty to say. Um, but like. And I pretty, I pretty much knew everybody's name. Like, and I mean, granted, there it was sewn to their freaking shirt. Or well, Velcroed, I guess, on FRVs. But like, you know what I mean? But I, I, I visually recognized them, and I knew who they were. 
but like to say I'm intimately familiar with 210 people, you're out of your mind. Like I know a lot of stuff, but like, God, I mean, I you, to say I'm supposed to be intimately familiar with that many people is insane. Like when I had a, a department even of 12, yeah, that's easy. I can do that. I can do 12 as as like in addition to all the other things I got to do. It's still hard. Like there were nights where I, I mean, I'm I'm staying late and having those conversations, but like in my mind, that like that's the stretching kind of beyond the some of the norms of like normal working hours and like work life balance and stuff. Like there's times where you just got to like eat that. And that's the price of wearing a khaki belt to work. Um, but you can't do it every day. And when you try to scale that up, I mean, Jesus, even a division of like 80 intimately familiar, really? Like I wouldn't have time to do anything else. So it's like, I, it's just like, come on, man, come on. I, I don't understand how you can write that down having done an entire naval career up to this point. And you're like serious about it. Unless like we're going to make a ton more chiefs and and we're going to divide it up like um, like in when I was an A school instructor, ca- class sizes were capped at 36 students. Like if you're going to cap division sizes at 36 and we're just going to have like a S1, S1A, S1B, S1, you know what I mean? And have a chief for every division. All right, then we can do it. But you're not going to do that. You're going to put a chief in charge of 500 people and be like, why aren't you intimately familiar? Why aren't you all your CDBs done? You know what I mean? And it's like, meanwhile, this guy hasn't slept in a year and he's trying to, or gal, and is trying to like get maintenance done and like not explode or have a heart attack. It's like, dude, like, come on. Like I've seen chiefs get craned off of submarines on uh, whatever the stretchers are called, like the... Oh, I forget the name, like the hard boards like strapped into it because they're having chest pains or heart attacks or whatever because they're stressed out and like so like all the only calories in their body are energy drinks and nicotine. And it's just like and then this was like 10 years ago. So like I just I don't understand how you write documents like this and have your feet firmly planted in reality. Like some of the sentiments of the bullets are great. Then it just goes into fantasy land. It's this isn't this is not achievable unless I mean you would have to the upheaval and I and I'm not saying I'm not in like on board if they really wanted to like put on their like gauntlet and Thanos their way through this you know what I mean like just change stuff like on a large scale and and start doing things to put the infrastructure in place to accomplish these things. I'm just not you know. I, there's a chance, I guess, but like, come on, like, I, I'll be the first one to throw rose petals at Honey's feet if he does all this stuff. Like, if he did all that, like, did did what was actually required to accomplish any of these things, even if it was like one of the like probably nine bullet points on the three memos that he's going to put out. Like, if they put an NC two on a submarine, I will go to DC and throw rose petals at this man's feet. But it's not going to happen. Like, I don't see how any of this stuff is going to change in any meaningful way. And he's not going to be Mick Pond for the next 10 years. So he, he doesn't even have time to accomplish a lot of this stuff because he spent his first year jet setting around the Navy, getting to know people. Yeah, like, it's just the whole thing is broken, man. Um, 
So I put, you know, like being intimately familiar with all their needs would uh, be a full time job in and of itself, which I already said. Never mind all the other responsibilities you've delineated in these documents, the mission, vision, guiding principles, and from the command, leadership, and mission demands. Like it's just none of this is achievable. And that's what kind of grosses me out about like, how do you release these documents knowing that? Like he has to know that none of this is achievable. And it's like a, just a cute look at look. I look. I'm doing my job. Like that's really what this was, unless <laughs> he's behind the scenes just smashing his way through DC and like and uh, getting every. Get, I like I don't know, man. He looks like he could smash some stuff, but like I I I would love nothing more than for that to be real. I just I don't know. I feel like you'd hear you you like if he was flipping over tables and and. Or even like slickly navigating DC in a way where a lot of change was coming. I feel like we'd be hearing about it. Um, I know too many people to not, you know what I mean? Like somebody would have tipped me off to some of this stuff. And it's like, I have heard some things that sound pseudo promising, but it's like, it's like a document or a proposal. It's like, it's everything's on paper. still. it's like, there's no actual movement on any of this stuff. So until I see something rolled out, I'm just like, and like a, a coherent plan that actually sounds like it might work or at least make a dent like and like ELD did or is or is trying to or is capable of. I just this stuff is hurting my heart. Um, that's kind of it for 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 that one. Um, again, I'll do the I'll do the final one when it comes out. Uh, I don't th- I'll check right now when I'm done recording just to make sure it hasn't already. But yeah, man, I like ugh. It, this stuff, I, I don't even know why they bother. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 like, I uh, hope's not a plan. And that's essentially what this document, these documents are. It's like, like, I hope I plan to. My goal is. And it's like, dude, they sailors have heard this stuff from so many different sources over and over again. I spent 21 years listening to fleets and forces and MCPONs and CNOs and CNPs and whoever else flew into the area telling us all these things are going to change and make better and you're going to have an app on your phone and it's going to do all the things like a magic wand and it's just like none of it ever comes to fruition. You're supposed to have a paperless Navy 20 years ago. Can't even get a printer to work. So, like, come on, man. Uh, I mean, mapping a printer takes me three hours or did. Thank God I'm retired and I can just do stuff at home with a Bluetooth printer now. But yeah, I just I don't understand the point. Like I and I, I what I really am confused by and I would love for somebody to explain this to me. Paul Kingsbury, I'm looking at you, bud, um, is how you can be in that position, like a force fleet McPon position and like really think that this is the move. And that's why I'm I'm I lean towards like, dude, you got to know. And you're just putting this out because you want to be like on the board of Raytheon when you retire. You know, like I, I don't understand how you can really think that this is the move and or really think anyone's going to take any of that stuff seriously, like these memos and stuff like there's probably a dozen boot chiefs across the Navy that are just like, I gotta get this done. But like, other than that, it's like, that's not going to make a dent. That's not going to matter to anybody. And it's just going to make them lose their hair faster and get high blood pressure and, you know, (laughs) get craned off a submarine or 
whatever. Um, it's not doing any good in my opinion. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, a am like, a like my, uh, German shepherd when I'm playing fetch with her, like, like I move the ball around and she like reacts every single time. And it's like, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time. It's like, that's how I am with Mick Pons. I'm just like, maybe this is the one, maybe this is the one. Um, I, I would love to see to get in there. So if I have any sway over anyone that matters, Scotty Tekorzik for Mick Pond. All right. I'm going to make shirts. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's really it. I'm just going to keep repeating myself if I go on. So, so yeah, uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, feedback, whatever, hit us up. Don't give up ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook, come out, Facebook message us. Don't give up ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or Discord at DGuts Podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to dgutspodcast.com. There's a donate button in the upper right hand corner of the website. Or you can go to dgutsapparel.com. That's don't give up the ship apparel. You get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Or probably the best way, patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Pick one of the five tiers. Become a patron today. Helps a ton with paying all these bills and uh, supporting just the platform, both the expansion and maintenance and everything. We've got lots of bills. Just saying. Lots of bills. Um, and uh, if you can't afford to spend any money, uh, you can just like, share, subscribe, review us on all the platforms for all the things for podcasts. Uh, you know, social media, all that. You can tag your friends. You can share our posts. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can share the videos. All the, all that helps with all the algorithms and just visibility and organic growth. So any of that would be dope. And uh, yeah, just listening is cool too. Appreciate that. Statistics matter. <laughs> Plus like, it's just like the goal of the podcast is to to help you. So if you're listening, presumably it's helping. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>